Welcome to A Midwife Life. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rosalind. We're bringing together a community of midwives to learn, grow, and have fun in the shared experience of living a midwife life. This podcast finds you well. It is the beginning of February, and in the Pacific Northwest, um, we are maybe going to have snow. Nothing like the rest of the country, or I should say the Midwest, uh, that just got slammed with snow and freezing sub zero temperatures. So thankful for just a little bit of snow that um, we might get here. Courtney and I are still having to do separate podcasts because. Because we got our replacement soundboard in, but it is not working. And so the saga continues. I promise we'll get it figured out, hopefully sooner than later, and get back into some more um, specific topics to help you study and prepare for your exams. In the meantime, we're doing this solo podcast, and I'm going to continue exploring a little bit deeper into uh, becoming a midwife. Um, specifically today, I'm going to dig a little bit into meek accreditation and schooling. Um, but I will, I just wanted to clarify from my podcast prior to this about the five different types of midwives that are in the United States. Um, and I wasn't quite sure. I think I was one off from the amount of, um, states that recognize the CM. As I mentioned, uh, CNMs, they're legally recognized. Um, and able to practice in every state in the United States and also the District of Columbia. I didn't mention that before. Sorry, District of Columbia. CMs, they are legally recognized and able to practice in New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Delaware, Maine, and Missouri. So six, I had said five in the previous podcast. I believe that Missouri is a fairly new state to the CM uh, credentialing. Um, So those are the states where you can be a direct entry certified midwife, not having a nursing background. Um, But it does require that level of master's, master's or a doctorate. And with that, then you can have hospital privileges or work in birth centers or in home birth setting. And so turning towards the certified professional midwifery licensure, CPM, as I mentioned, um, so there's a number of ways that you can become a CPM and CPMs are certified through a national certifying agency uh, called the North American Registry of Midwives. That's NARM. So CPM, going back to that, is the licensure that is created by the North American Registry of Midwives. And there are a couple ways to go about becoming a CPM. One is going through the PEP process, the portfolio evaluation process. And so that requires a lot of self-study or all self-study or attending a non-accredited midwifery program and then doing your preceptorship or apprenticeship with a midwife that is a certified recognized preceptor through NARM. Meek came about as a way to have, um, I guess, a recognized um, 
educational route for CPM. So MEEC stands for Midwifery Education Accreditation Council. And it's an independent nonprofit organization, and it's recognized by the U.S. Department of Education. So one of the nice things about attending a MEEC school compared to one that um, is not MEEC accredited is that you have access to financial aid and in those schools because Meek is um, recognized by the U.S. Department of Education and um, credentialed by them. One of the things that gets really heated is when people talk about Meek schools, and I think the people that are really frustrated, I guess, I don't know, I don't want to put words into their mouths. Some of the things to just keep in mind when considering a Meek school is that those credits that you earn at that university don't transfer over to other state colleges or university systems. And so while you can graduate from a Meek accredited school with an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, and even a master's degree in midwifery and have that be part of your midwifery training and education. If at some point you decide that you want to change routes, that you want to do perhaps something totally outside of midwifery and you want to pursue a bachelor's degree or a master's degree, or maybe you want to become a certified nurse midwife or a certified midwife. If you have attended a MEEK accredited school and you have acquired um, or earned, I should say, credits through that university system, those credits are not transferable to other institutions that you would need to pursue your CNM, CM, or another bachelor's degree. So just something to keep in mind. And there are a number I counted. So there are currently, what did I find? I think 11 different schools that are listed on the Meek website that are Meek accredited schools. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that that is now 10 um, because Birthing Way is listed as one of those options. Birthing Way is a Meek accredited college in Portland, Oregon, not too far from where I am. And they recently in this past year announced that they will be closing the school and they're not taking on new cohorts of students. So I believe we're now down to 10 universities, make accredited universities that are offering various degrees, again, associates, bachelor's or master's level midwifery education um, in this country. And then six of those offer either a fully distance learning or what's called a low residency program, for example, I know Birthwise and Bastyr, they offer a combination of when you do some um, or majority online, and then you also are required to be in person at the school with your cohort going through some things. So the six schools that are listed on the Meek website that offer this distance uh, or low residency program are Birthwise, Midwives College of Utah, National College of Midwifery, National Midwifery Institute, Bastyr University, and Mercy in Action College of Midwifery. 
And so why is meek education important? Or why would somebody that's looking at the CPM credential consider attending a meek accredited institution rather than a non-meek accredited institution? And I mean, there's a number of reasons probably um, that people could have for why they're deciding that. But uh, one of the things that you really need to look into is your state and what they require. So some states are requiring that you, that CPMs have a, not only their CPM through NARM, but that they obtain their CPM through a meek accredited university and not through the PEP process. And it seems like for states that uh, have not had any type of um, rules on the books as far as licensing midwives in their state, it seems like the new states that are coming online are requiring um, that CPMs attend a meek accredited school. So I know that California requires their midwives, their CPMs, to have a um, a meek accredited education. I'm looking at this ACOG position paper that I'll post a link to and, and get to in a second. Um, but there's bills so in Alabama, Delaware, Maine, uh, Maryland, South Dakota, like all of these bills that have come online are all saying that um, CPMs graduated and completed a meek accredited midwifery education. And um, for some, they're not just newly licensing midwives, but they've licensed midwives. Like, for example, I'm looking at the South Dakota rule here that was enacted in 2017. It says that um, CPM certified after December 31st, 2009 must complete a meek accredited midwifery education and that CPM certified before January 1st, 2020 through a non-accredited program, they must obtain a midwifery bridge certificate. And that bridge certificate, I believe, is 50 CEUs and they have to be in um, three different categories. You have to have a minimum of 15 contact hours in category one, which is emergency skills and pregnancy, birth, and the immediate postpartum, a minimum of 15 contact hours in category two, which is emergency skills for newborn care, and in category three, which are a maximum of 20 contact hours, specific topics relevant to midwifery care based upon identified areas to address emergency skills and the International Confederation of Midwives, ICM, competencies. These 50 CEUs, they have to be recognized CEUs, and they have to be completed within the last five years from the time that you apply to do this. And the current fee is $200. And again, something to keep in mind, if you are in the process of becoming a midwife and, um, or looking at becoming a midwife, and perhaps you're looking at changing routes, or do I do a meek accredited course? Do I not? Um, what are the implications? Well, you really need to look at your specific state talk to people, see what the tone of things are. I mean, if it's required now, then obviously then that makes your decision really easy. Or if you need to get this bridge certificate, then again, that makes it really simple. But if you're in a state that isn't licensed yet, but maybe there's talk of that, I would just assume that one of the requirements for licensing midwives in that state would be that 
CPMs have graduated from a MEEK accredited course because that just uh, seems to be where things are going. One of the reasons that it's like that is that ACOG put out a position and it stated that there should be a minimum education and training standard that all midwives must meet, whatever their title or professional designation, and regardless of where in the United States that they practice. So it says that ACOG supports the worldwide midwifery education standards set by, again, the ICM, the International Confederation of Midwives, in 2010. And they're using that as a baseline for licensure in the United States. So that is really one of the reasons I believe that uh, we're seeing new states that are coming on and recognizing CPMs are requiring this meek education. And I mean, I could be wrong. I don't have a crystal ball, but um, from everything that I read, I, I think that this will eventually, the CPM, um, if it becomes recognized in all 50 states, eventually I believe that all states will require that midwives have attended and accredited a university and for the states that didn't well they're going to give this bridge option so that you know the midwives that are already licensed in that state and working they don't necessarily have to go back and redo a whole program but they can get these CEUs and this additional education and then meet those requirements those international requirements a little bit more into this ICM baseline so what what is it looking at So it's saying that there should be a curriculum that's minimum uh, 40% theory and 50% practice, that for direct entry programs, that's a minimum of three years. Um, For people that are post-nursing education, it's a minimum of 18 months, Um, that the faculty is formally prepared to teach, that there's time-limited certification, and that the certifying body should not also define and validate education and develop um, and administer the exam and that there's defined continued education requirements and that there's also external reviews. I read something once and I thought, wow, that is really cool and I never really thought about it. But midwifery is one of those professions where I think that you really could look across the globe and say this is the requirements for being a midwife and have it be a profession where you could then be licensed and meet those minimums in any country in the world and be able to practice. Like I think that they're what we need to know. It doesn't matter whether you're practicing here or in another country, like those that skill, the skill and the knowledge that we have crosses borders. And so I think like it would be just wonderful if we could just come to one, this international standard. I think that's what they're trying to do. Um, and then just have midwives recognized globally and being able to move freely across um, not only state lines, but across country lines. Wouldn't that be cool? Given that we in the United States alone have five different types of midwives, that's probably we should just focus here before going internationally or I don't know maybe internationally they can get their act together and then and then we can follow suit but this um 
podcast. It's pretty specific to who I think um, it's targeted for. So if that is you and you've gotten this far through it with me, I hope that this has helped a little bit in clarifying meek schools, non-meek schools, um, what NARM is. Um, NACPM is another acronym that you might hear. NACPM is stands for the National Association of Certified Professional Midwives. And they are trying to create a collective for CPMs to strengthen us and to uh, have us recognized in every state in the country. And so that all people that are giving birth can have the option of care with a midwife and in the birth setting that they feel is most appropriate for them. So again, when you're new into looking at being a midwife and considering it, or maybe you're just in the beginning of it, all of these different organizations and acronyms and names can be really kind of confusing and take a lot of time to to wade through and to, to figure out. So I hope that this has been helpful for you, that you have a little bit clearer understanding of what MEEK accreditation is, what some of its limits limitations are and what NARM is, what they're doing, what NACPM is, maybe some of the drives behind um, make institutions and midwives becoming um, educated through a formal system like a MEEK accredited university. Okay, well, thanks for taking the time to listen. I love hearing your comments, your feedback. Do you have questions? Is there something that you want Courtney and I to cover? Just shoot us an email, put a comment, send us a Facebook message. There's lots of ways you can connect with us. So we would love to hear from you, hear what you're thinking. And also, I'll just put this out there. I mean, we're having technical difficulties now, but um, our goal is to talk to people that are attending different, every different um, university option. So for both uh, CM, CNM, CPM, both make accredited and not accredited, and also the PEP process. And so you can hear firsthand from people that are attending schools or a pathway that you're perhaps considering to help you find the route that is best for you. Until next time. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. If you like what we're doing, there are a few ways you can support us. The best ways are telling your friends about Midwife Life and getting involved. You can also leave us a comment, write a review, and share your thoughts and experiences. If you haven't already, be sure to like Midwife Life on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at A Midwife Life. We post midwifery questions of the day, funny memes, and well, all sorts of other things that you don't want to miss out on. We also have a website, midwifelife.com, where we have a blog and we are adding resources and information all the time. All right. Thanks for being with us on this crazy journey of a midwife life.